there's more tools for helping raise children than nagging and scolding or smacking. Hey, how are you? And welcome to the Optimistic Advocate, the show that brings you advocacy tips, insights, and straight talk reaction to breaking news in children's mental health. I'm your host, Scott Bryant Comstock. I'm the CEO and founder of the Children's Mental Health Network, and we have a great show today. Now, heads up, heads up. This episode is about 32 minutes long. So, uh, especially for the listener who uh, wrote in to let me know that they love listening to the podcast while flossing their teeth. I'm not sure. I guess that's a compliment. Anyway, your dentist is going to love you because I've never done a 30-minute floss, but uh, all power to you. Anyway, we're, we're fortunate to have as our guest today, Dennis Embry, who is the uh, CEO of the Paxis Institute. The Paxis Institute is the group that brings us the Pax Good Behavior Game, which is in place in elementary schools all across the globe. It's going to be a great show. Let's get to it. Okay, so here's the thing about Dennis Embry. So what you need to understand before we dive into this interview is that there's there's two things that define him. Science, he is the ultimate scientist. His whole focus for everything he does is, is it based in science and how? I mean, Dennis is all about the numbers, He's all about the protocols. He's just just the way his his brain works. Second thing you need to know about Dennis is he's freaking brilliant. Okay, um, I guess there's well, you know what? There's more than two things. Why am I shut, cutting it short? Science, brilliance, a passion for prevention research. Dennis is all about prevention. Um, if you've ever been to one of his keynote speeches, if you've ever. Uh, listen to interviews with uh, Dennis, you get that real quick. He is a fervent advocate of prevention, of getting in early uh, to ameliorate problems so that they don't manifest themselves, you know, tenfold uh, when young people get older, right? So he's all about, all about prevention. And he's brilliant. And when I talk to Dennis, I usually have to have a thesaurus with me because uh, <laughs> he uses big words, right? But the beauty, the absolute beauty about Dennis Embry is that he is as humble and as down to earth as they get. Now you say, how can you be all of those things? How can you be a scientist? How can you be brilliant? <laughs> how can you use big words and humble? Well, he is. Oh, no, I forgot. There's one other thing. I swear he's got a photographic memory. Uh, he, his ability to cite chapter and verse uh, from studies published 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago is phenomenal. And I think someday we'll, we'll, we'll do another uh, uh, show featuring Dennis Envy just to talk about his life because he's, he's just the most fascinating individual. But this interview is about the PAX Good Behavior Game and, uh, and PAXIS, why he started it, and how we can effectively reach uh, young children and their families uh, through the PAX Good Behavior Game. So enjoy the interview. 
I started off with uh, asking Dennis uh, to talk a little bit about why Paxis and why the Pax Good Behavior Game. Here's what he had to say. Paxis Institute, I started because I wanted to make the dissemination of scientifically proven strategies into a mainstream product and service, not just a clinical delivery. And so Paxis has created all of these evidence-based kernels and behavioral vaccines to improve peace, productivity, health, and happiness. And we are operating in 38 states uh, in Canada, in multiple countries of Europe and Australia and New Zealand delivering practical tools that help teachers and parents and children live more peaceful, productive, healthy, and happier lives. Wow. How long have you been doing it? Uh, well, this goes back uh, to I was in graduate school where I had the idea that all of these miraculous things that the people who invented behavior analysis believed was possible to actually change our society for the better with practical, useful tools. And I decided that I would make them into real world, real world products, not just therapy. But I hoped one day people would be able to get a recipe to help their children at the grocery store or at the uh, checkout line in the drugstore, or they could get it online, uh, that they could they wouldn't have to consult a therapist or a psychiatrist or a counselor. They would be able to take a recipe just like you have in a cookbook and bake the cake. But instead of this, we would be making better kids, better families, better parents, better lives for all of us. So, so basically, even someone like me, like me, I could do this, right? I mean, yes. I, I, yeah. I go home yeah. and say, okay, kids, instead of macaroni and cheese, we're going to do this tonight, right? And Yep. And, and people forget that we have all sorts of appliances to help us raise our children that save their lives. Uh, I grew up uh, before there were car seats. I grew up when we didn't have all of the fancy strollers that we have or all the protective devices to keep children from scalding themselves or electrocuting themselves. And you don't need a, a therapist or a psychiatrist in order to do those things. You can go to Walmart, you can go to Kmart, you could go to Target, or you could go to Amazon and order those things that would protect your children, your family for the rest of their lives wow. at a modest cost. MasterCard or Visa, American Express accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so is this, is this, well, it sounds like it's all over, but so it's primarily in elementary schools. Is that what we're talking about or what? Yes. Yes. I mean, my work has bridged uh, doing community wide things to reduce addictions at a population level. So, for example, we've used evidence based kernels with pregnant women to reduce the prospect that they would have low for birth weight children and that their children wouldn't be born exposed to alcohol, tobacco or illegal drugs. We did that at a population level in Wyoming, uh, equipping public health nurses with very, very simple tools. Uh, we've done this to reduce um, violence in schools with my Peace Builders project. Very simple things that a any person and actually all of the children could do 
And that increased uh, the ability of the children to be pro-social. And most remarkable that uh, my colleagues and I have the only study in the world where the CDC sent an epi team to investigate an outbreak of peace and health <laughs> in schools. Normally, they it's a send, pandemic you know, of things. Yeah, 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 run for your lives. Uh, so th- this vision has come to practice now. Oh my God, has it been a journey? Uh, I nobody taught me how to run a business in graduate school as a child psychologist. Um, in fact, you don't learn much of those things. So I've been through. Um, being dragged behind a truck on a gravel road, you might say, several times to get where we are, where people now, for example, we have PAX tools, which are kernels for family life. And we first tried this in New Zealand uh, in the 1980s. That was my first real population level effort. Mm -hmm. And that was to prevent the third leading cause of death of young children. Now, when I tell you what the third leading cause of death of children was in the 60s, 70s, and uh, 80s, you'll probably go, what, really? Yes, for young children, it was playing outside and being struck and killed by a car. Oh, my goodness. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. All across the industrial world. And New Zealand had the highest uh, pedestrian death rate for children in the world which makes no sense at all because you think it's all sheep. Okay. (laughs) But they are, they are millions and millions of sheep. They're narrow roads. (laughs) Well, narrow roads, but more importantly, uh, every, almost every house has a front yard fence. So when the kids play out on the sidewalk, there's only, or footpath that they, as they call it in the Commonwealth, um, it's just a very na- narrow bandwidth. And of course, children are riding their bikes and trikes and pulling wagons and kicking balls and other kinds of things. And they dash into the street and get smashed. Um, so we had to teach parents to do something very different. And this gets to the heart of the science that I'm trained in. I learned to do direct observation. My first year in graduate school, we were measuring how smart itty-bitty babies, newborn babies were. This is the whole thing uh, that happened with babies being smart. And so we learned that a baby could uh, identify its mom's voice and orient toward it and make it happen on recording within two hours of birth. They knew their mommy's voice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, So this whole work has been about precision observational science, and then trying to find the tiniest little thing that somebody could practically use that would have a big effect. Uh, That just takes observation, manufacturer, trying it many times. And if three three people do it and it doesn't work, uh, you better try another method. Right. So... Why don't I hear a lot about PAXs? Well, where we are, we may not have it. Where we, why is it something that we, we, I hear a lot? People talk about we need more prevention-oriented uh, materials, more prevention-oriented items, and uh, but uh, what is it about PAXs that? Uh, well, how do, how do I say this? I mean, the way you describe it, I think it should be everywhere, and yes. and and I know you know like anything else, things take time, but. 
what's the is there a hesitancy at first for the uh, provider community to get involved? Because it sounds like once they do get involved with it, they love it. Yes, that um, it's contagious once it starts to happen because people use the the small units of behavioral influence, evidence-based kernels, which people can read uh, on pubmed.gov for free. All of my publications are I make available uh, without the ability necessary to buy the uh, peer-reviewed publication. Right. So evidence-based kernels is widely cited and very practical. So part of the reason is that we made children's behavior into therapy. So we lost the ability to see the small units of change that happen during dyadic and triadic interactions between children and adults. Now, our ancestors were very clear about that. If they didn't learn those skills, then none of us would be here. Right. (laughs) Um, so learning to see cause and effect is huge for both parents and teachers etc but now we've made it a mentalistic thing so the child has a dsm disorder for example adhd and i ask people well how do you know that the child has ADHD. Well, they have a diagnosis. I said, well, how do you make the diagnosis? Uh, well, a uh, doctor. <laughs> said, okay. And what does the doctor do to make that? Yeah. Oh, I guess they look it up. But what is that? That diagnostic and statistical manual or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's what you need to do. Every mental, emotional, or behavioral disorder is not, almost never defined by organic, molecular, DNA, biochemical causes. You diagnose it by behavior. So if you take a list of ADHD behaviors and you start crossing them off by using a small unit, for example, beat the timer. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, oh, the kids are really attentive when they're playing a computer game. I said, yes, that's right, because they have that has the component of called beat the timer and programming. It's called reduced allocated time. So if you give the child a long time to respond, then they get bored and they don't want to play. But if they have to act quickly and they hit the target, they get a big whopping hit of dopamine in the brain, which is what the drugs do are synthetic dopamine. So once you learn to observe behavior and you can see behavior in real time affected by either reinforcement, by um, changes in the environment, by what you eat or whatever it is, you now begin to have a handle on changing these behaviors. And it's really not terribly complicated, which most people don't know. And of course, a lot of people make a great deal of money. So I'll tell you a a little story. I was um, in Wyoming where I did a lot of work. And uh, my joke was, uh, every time I set foot in Wyoming, I doubled the number of child psychologists. (laughs) 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 Perfect. Um, So I'm at this lovely uh, little inn, and there's a couple there, and they've taken uh, a little honeymoon from their children. And I asked them, oh, well, tell me about your kids. And they said they... 
they had triplets, three boys. I went, oh yes. my God. <laughs> 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 and they said, yeah, they're all diagnosed with ADHD. And they take meds. I said, mm, okay. So at home, when you use the timer to make the kids do something, or when they're playing a computer game that has the timer, do they, are they more attentive or less attentive? Well, like if you set the timer or the, the timer's ticking on the game, they tend to do better. And I said, yeah, that's exactly right. So here's how that works. What it does is focused attention raises your norepinephrine level. So you, you, you are in an arousal state. And now once you're in the arousal state, you're paying more attention to the particular target or reinforcer. And so once you kill the spacecraft on the screen, you get a gigantic whopping hit of dopamine. And that was first proved in a study in 1990 in Nature magazine using an oscilloscope huh, yeah. and then doing brave brain imaging, which was very coarse then. They were able to show if you hit the target on the computer game, your uh, nucleus alkalins, the whole reinforcement center lit up. And to me, that was, excuse me, there was no drug there. That happened. Right. Right. That was a behavior. And if you change the behavior and focused on doing something that feels good, you literally cause people to be focused. So is that where, it, and now we've, is, that, is yeah. that where kernels comes in or? Yes. So? Yes. Yes. So we started to think about, well, what could you do behaviorally? Um, to change brain architecture but in order to change brain architecture you first have to change the topography of behavior so for example one of the kernels is beat the timer so most parents have probably experienced that if you set the timer and say you have two minutes or one minute to pick up your toys and once you and if you finish before that or uh, before that or on when the timer rings we'll go have dessert or a piggyback ride or something on it. Kids do a better job because now their stress hormones went up a bit and that made the intensity of the, when the timer rang and they beat the timer, they had a big whopping hit of the neurotransmitter dopamine, mm -hmm. which is what so many of the medications for ADHD actually manipulate, or they manipulate some of the norepinephrine circuits and in, in any event to make, everyday events more reinforcing. Um, so people disconnect behavioral interventions from changing the circuitry of the brain. But if we were born or created, <laughs> if we evolved, however it was that we happened as a species, we, we grew our brain, our talents, our intellect, by being reinforced by everyday events that we did some planning response to felt satisfied and we did that more and we built our brains that way. Hmm. But if you think about it, our children have no opportunity to do those things today. Right. You, you go to school and what comes out of the mouths of the adults? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to send you to the principal's office. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, did you know my grade school um, teachers? Yeah, yeah. 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 
uh, not particularly reinforcing. And of course, what did we die to go do when I was a kid? To go out on the playground and run around crazy for a bit. Okay. Uh, That actually improved our attention substantially by doing that. Children do not, without movement, children's uh, neurochemistry isn't working properly. They're not generating uh, what is called brain-derived neurotropic factor, uh, which wires the brain to remember things. And BDNF is highly associated with a, a sense of buoyancy, happiness, lack of depression, sense of self-efficacy. And in our work with the Good Behavior Game, we've been actually able to show changes in BDNF gene expression, which last a lifetime. Wow. So you've, you've mentioned a couple, you've mentioned kernels, you've mentioned, uh, uh, what was it, behavioral inoculations or, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you've also mentioned the PAX Good Behavior Game. Can you tie all those together so that our listeners can get a sense of what this is? Yeah, so you could think of kernels as like carrying around a Swiss Army knife, okay? You can use them for almost anything in your own personal life, uh, raising your children, with your husband. With the critters in your house, you know, we've taught our parrot to talk quite nicely (laughs) through some of those procedures. Um, But those are kernels. Those are small units of behavioral influence. And you can create them into recipes for things. Uh, The good behavior game, the PAX Good Behavior Game, is a recipe for the classroom of 10 evidence-based kernels. And you use those to capture attention. So, for example... We use a harmonica for transitions and stopping and listening and hearing the instructions because most of the time teachers yell and scream and then they get frustrated and then they get mad and the kids dawdle deliberately to tick off the teacher because they don't want to do the work. So this is works really well for the kids, not so well for the teacher. But once we, once we use like the harmonica sound and a peace sign, the children's transitions drop from typically two to five minutes of transition down to about 10 to 20 seconds. Uh, That's highly reinforcing to the teachers. Um, The kids are highly reinforced because a harmonica is not being yelled at. It's a pleasant, soft sound. It's completely distinct. And so the, the adult in the building is reinforced. And there are like 50 transitions in the course of a day in an average elementary school. So if you're taking up just two minutes or three minutes, you've lost two to three hours right. Right. of meaningful instruction. So we use that kernel to reinforce the adult to keep using more and more of these things to create the good behavior game where the children play as teams to work together to have these, the silly fun. So for example, we take every single thing that generally would be a misbehavior in the classroom. So tapping your pencil to annoy your neighbor, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Wadding up paper, making animal sounds, lifting your desk top up and down several times to annoy things, or tying your shoe over and over again. Or complaining, oh, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> or, or 
<laughs> you know, you, he hurt me. He, he called me a bad name teacher. You know, all of those uh, things that happen are disturbing, disruptive behaviors. So when we play the game, we put kids on teams. Kids naturally are in every culture create teams for fun. And the teams are also structured so that if you make a mistake, you stand down for some period of time or don't win the reward. Now, this is enormously important in human evolution because we are the only species on the planet in which non-genetically related critters, us, will work together for a common goal. That's how wars are made. Yeah, that's how right. corporations are made. That's how a hospital works. Um, but all other creatures on this planet basically only cooperate with those with they're very highly genetically related yeah. to. Ants are a good example. But we're different. So the game, this sort of thing, the teacher goes about his or her activities, ask the kids to predict what would be the good, what would be peace, productivity, health, and happiness in our classroom, which we call PACs. And they're really good about that. Uh, everybody says, well, not doing any work. No, the kids actually want to learn. So they will say, we'd be learning. And they make a long list of those things. And typically, a classroom will come up with at least 30 or 40 things that they want to see, hear, feel, and do more of. And none of them are ri ridiculous. And then we ask the children to make a list of what they would see, hear, feel, and do less of in the most wonderful classroom. And that list is a little longer. Um, and <laughs> teacher saying mean things, right, right. being hit, called you know names by neighbors and whatnot, and it it very quickly tells you what life is like in that classroom. Yes, it's, it's diagnostic um, instantly. And so let me yeah. let me ask you. So here here we are. We're in the midst of this pandemic, and schools are out. Um, so schools not happening. I, I'm thinking of the families who are listening to us uh, on this show and thinking, okay, what can they do at home? So the first thing they can do is to go to the uh, Apple store, the, uh, the iTunes store, or to the Android store for apps. Um, and we also have a version of it for um, computers to download PAX tools. PAX -E tools. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's free. And it has 10 kernels uh, on it. I happen to have the little book in front of me uh, right now. So you, you get to learn to use um, low emotional responding. Uh, that's really important. What, what is that, low emotional responding? So, Scott, <laughs> how many times have I told you not to do that? Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that would not be low. That would not be low emotional. Be a low emotional response. <laughs> so, uh, and people, adults get confused by that because the kid stops automatically, right. and they think they're complying. No, they're not. They have, they stopped out of fear. Uh, yeah. And when the fear stuff happens in your brain, you do not listen very well. All you want to do is to get the hell out of dodge. Yep. Um. So. Um, we create a shared vision. So what would, you know, Scott, you know, what, what would you and, and mommy and daddy would, what would we like, what would you like to see, hear, feel, and do more of at home? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the kids will have a list. Well, like to have some more fun. Yeah. Okay. And um, what would you like to do, see, hear, feel, and do less of? And I'm just being sure. very fast yeah. with this. It, yeah. it takes time to do this right. properly. Um, no yelling. But they could, but but they could do it. I if I were to get the 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 app, it would kind of walk me yep. through how to do it. Right, and that those are shared visions. So the child, if you don't share the vision with your child, then you're only responding to non-compliance. Mm-hmm. But kids want to be a part of a whole, so the vision really, really helps uh, folks. And the vision is basically to create more packs and fewer spleens. Spleens are unwanted behaviors. Packs are what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a living document. Um, so what would be packs when we're getting ready for bed? What would be packs when we're getting up in the morning or after we've uh, had dinner here in the living room? What would be packs? Um, well, people helping. Uh, what would be a, then we're going to ask kind of what would we, what do we not want? So, um, bickering. Okay. Oh, bickering or complaining. Yeah. That would, that would be a spleen. So spleens are unwanted things. So if, 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 if I go on the website though, I can see examples of all this. Yeah. These are things. And, you, and if you look at, you know, look at videos about packs, good behavior gaming, I'll also see some more and we're building more for this right now. This has been um, a massive undertaking to make a lot of this happen. We were gratefully allowed to uh, develop a lot of this in the state of Ohio. And now we are making this happening uh, in the state of Arizona statewide. Um, it will be happening statewide in Texas. Uh, it's already statewide in Ohio. And it will be in other uh, localities as well. But some of this you can see directly online and the app is uh, for free. And then some of the other kernels are um, low emotional responding. And that's tricky because under these, these times that all of us are living in, we get short fused. Yeah. And you, when you respond too emotionally, your child will either shut down, act out, or shut you out. Yeah. And that doesn't get you what you want. So the low emo- emotional responding, Scott, honey, I really need you to pick up yeah. uh, your, your meal tray. Thank you. Honey. And you, you put your hand near it. Oh, thank you for starting to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you hear the softness in the voice because right. if, you, if you use a coercive voice, the first thing that happens is children freeze. Yeah, that's helpful. It's not that they're, re- I, I like the way you said that. It's not that they're being compliant. They're just freaked out, you know, this stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. go. So we've got, we've got about a minute left, unfortunately. Okay. All right. But, but in that minute, can you just give us some examples? What are teachers saying about this? Teach, teachers who, you know, when they're first introduced to it, then when they start using it in their classroom, what, what's been their response? Oh my God, I can't, I, I didn't believe it would work, but it started working right away. And, um, they will tell stories about, oh, my badass kid who comes from the worst family on the planet yeah. has turned around. Wow. Um, the bullying stops. The kids start paying attention. Uh, teachers, you can see the teachers relax again. 
office referrals drop like a stone. Um, and as you do PACs in your classroom, behavior problems at home dramatically decrease. Interesting. We've been able to show that. Yeah. Uh, and we, we caution people, do not send negative notes home. There's an app that does that. And that app we have seen cause major behavior problems at home. What is, what is that? What app is that? Uh, it's called Class Dojo. Um, and people send home notes to the parents when the kids are bad. Oh, yeah. And so our classroom thing sends positive notes home. Yeah. Because that's what the research shows. And in any event, um, uh, my joke is, well, did you know they're going to have a, a job dojo? So me as a boss, I have 50 some employees. You know, I can send a note home to my employee's significant other. And Scott was a monster today. Could you please punish him at home? Perfect. You know, yeah. he Perfect. has to sleep on the sofa bed. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it just uh, it doesn't work. Um, but I urge people to, you know, go to our PAX Tools website, visit us at paxis.org or PAX Good Behavior Game. Uh, the PAX Tools will be widely distributed in, in multiple cities. And uh, we're also sort of trying to work with other entities to make this much more accessible. Mm -hmm. And um, the, certainly the Good Behavior, PAX Good Behavior Game has spread like wildfire in the United States because of its m immediate effects. and. Most importantly, the fact that it prevents um, lifetime psychiatric disorders in children. And people have no idea that uh, childhood psychiatric disorders can be prevented for the lifetime. But uh, we have now a whole bunch of randomized trials showing that's true. Well, Dennis, I, I really appreciate your time. I feel like we've just scratched the surface. But yeah. people can go to PAX. They can go to your website and get more information there. Uh, they can download the app. Sounds good. They, yep. It's got 10 kernels that they can experiment with at home yep. tonight. Yep. Yep. Awesome. And if they look PAX tools and online, they'll see other people. I mean, we're still in the process of building this out because the the change that happened in our society happened yes. basically overnight. Yes, it did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of shifting in our company yeah. to yeah. Uh, make all of this happen. Awesome. All right, brother. Thank Thanks you, Dennis. Appreciate Backs it. out. Backs out. Bye. 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 Wow. Great interview with Dennis Embry, also known as Dr. Pax. And now you know why. What I tell you, folks, scientists, brilliant, but yet down to earth. It's a great combination. All right. Check out the serial notes if you want to learn more about the Pax's Institute and the Pax Good Behavior Game. Definitely encourage teachers, parents, researchers, community activists, check it out. It's a great resource that is proven to be effective. Thanks for joining the Optimistic Advocate podcast. See you next time. And remember to subscribe for the podcast with your favorite podcast player. We, we don't want you to miss any episodes now. We got more coming up. See ya. See ya.